church, each of you, each of you seated here today can make a difference in our desperately needy world. Now, one of my favorite stories, if we put the the slide up here, one of my favorite stories is the starfish story. You remember the starfish story? Who knows this? If you don't know it, it's a great story. it's, It's a roundabout, but it shows that we can make a difference. And we can't make a difference to everybody, but we can make a difference to some. This little... uh, uh, this guy was walking down the beach. All these starfish had, had washed up on the beach. They were all dying on the beach. And there was a little boy picking them up one by one and throwing them back into the water. And the man went up to the boy and he said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm throwing these starfish back so that they can live. And the guy said, have a look around. Look how many starfish are here. This is hopeless. Do you really think you can make a difference? And the boy looked at a starfish and he said, well, it makes a difference to this one. And it makes a difference to this one, and it makes a difference to this one. Isn't that a great story? We can make a difference with one person. Now, most of us want to do something significant in our life. Would you say that? Most of us don't want to just float through life. Most of us want to make the world a better place because we pass through. Now, not many of us, think about it, aspire when we are young kids. Not many of us say, when I grow up, I want to be an axe murderer or I want to be a drug addict, or or homeless, or poor, or on benefits, or something. We all have lofty dreams, but most often, for most people, those dreams are shattered, and you don't, you never achieve those dreams that you had when you were young. It's disappointing, and and look at the task. I mean, look at this world. How do you, how do you make a dent in what's happening in this world? Uh, It's a mess. Injustice, poverty, sickness, the world, uh, the world is, is often harsh and unfair, and the task seems overwhelming, Our abilities seem few, our opportunities are limited, our stamina depleted. But I've got to tell you, God sees it differently. God doesn't look at things the way we look at things. He he sees things that others do not. So if you have your Bible, we're going to look at Judges chapter 6. This is the calling of uh, Gideon. And we had the Gideons here last week. This is not those Gideons, this is a different one. It says this, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the, the terebinth at Ophrah, not Oprah, Oprah, Oprah wasn't around back then, and which belonged to Joash the Abazirite. And while his son Gideon was beating out the, the wheat in a wine press to hide from the Midianites, here's the situation. Midianites are oppressing the land, and he's so scared. Normally you would, you would uh, uh, winnow your, your wheat, you would, you would beat it out in an area where the breeze could blow, blow through and separate the wheat from the chaff. The chaff blows, the wheat falls, that's how you get it. But he's in a wine press, which is a hole in the ground, trying to do this because he's so scared of what is happening in the world around him. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Last week we looked at, or the week before we looked at, why do bad things happen to good people? God, why is all this bad stuff happening? Where are all his wondrous deeds, says Gideon, that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hands of Midian. And the Lord, because this angel is the Lord, it says, And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? And he said to him, Well, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least of my father's house. But the Lord said to him, I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Them's farting words. Because God's in a fight. And here's one man. He's scared. 
He's overwhelmed, he's struggling with little faith, and yet God chooses this guy to rescue his people. And when you think about it, God is in a habit of doing that. God loves to use the base things of this world to astound the wise. Uh, this was brought out in our, our prayer meeting midweek, but I loved it. Listen to this. Here's a little bit of Bible history for you. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Poor thing. Moses was a murderer and a stutterer. Gideon was afraid. Rahab was a prostitute. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran away from God. Peter denied Jesus. The Samaritan woman was divorced five times and living in sin. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer and Lazarus was dead. But God used them. God still used them. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27 says this, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. God loves to use what the rest of the world writes off. Lily Housegirl, you may have been written off in the past, but God loves to use what the rest of the world has written off. There is a hope and a future for any of you, whatever you've done in the past. If you think you are God's gift to everything, chances are God can't use you. But if you are, if you are feeling inadequate, if you are feeling untrained, underprepared, overlooked, you could be just the person God's looking for, the person he uses. You see, God has x-ray vision. I always wanted x-ray vision, you know, like Superman. God has x-ray vision. He doesn't see the outside like we do. He doesn't see the history, the hang-ups, the failures. He has divine x-ray vision to see through what others see into what really is. If you remember back in 1 Samuel 16, Samuel is going to choose a new king and all the brothers are brought out. And David's not even there. He's to be the future king. And then in verse 6 it says, when they came, he looked at Eliab, tall, good-looking guy. He thinks, ah, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But... <laughs> the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Uh, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. How does God's x-ray vision work? What does he see that's different to us? Well, first of all, God sees your past. He sees your past, your upbringing, your history. Everything you've said and done wrong, he knows. You can't hide it from him. He knows. He also sees every injustice ever done to you and every injustice you've ever done to somebody else. He knows it all. Yet he can see through it. See, Gideon is down in the wine press. The angel of the Lord is speaking to him. But he had a past. He considered himself the least of his father's house, which was the least of the clan of Manasseh. But God chose him to become of Israel's greatest warriors. And for some of you here, it's time to make the past past at last. Isaiah 43 says this, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Who's ready for God to do a new thing this morning? He is. Most of our society, when they look at their past, they're looking for someone to blame. You know, their upbringing, their parents, their friends, some guy who left me, some girl who hurt me. Many people blame God. Uh, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Proverbs 19.3, I love this verse, it says this, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. 
People make their own mistakes, they make a mess of their life and they blame God. God, why did you let this happen to me when you're the one who made the mistakes? Come on. You cannot drive a car by only looking in the rear vision mirror. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a disaster if you do that. You've got to look forward. If you keep looking back, you cannot drive the car. Frankly, for some of us, it's like it's time to make like Elsa and Frozen and just let it go, let it go. Even better, confess it to the Lord, give it to God and let it go. Because he says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It says as far as the east is from the west, he removes our transgressions from us. If you're carrying sin and guilt in your life this morning, he can remove that. When you give it to him, he removes it. If you want to be used by God, give him your past and trust him for your future. The second thing is God sees your potential. His x-ray vision looks deep into your soul and he sees the potential that you have. Everybody's favorite verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Now that verse was given to people in exile. They were, they were captives, they were in exile, they were prisoners virtually. They were down and out. They, their life was a mess. There was no hope for them. And God walks in and says, I have plans for you. Awesome verse. God saw through their situation to their significance. When the angel appeared to a terrified Gideon, he didn't say, get up, you coward. He could have. It would have been an apt description of where Gideon was at. But he didn't say, what did he say? Judges 6.12, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. God saw the potential in this man's life and he sees it in your life too. Every one of you has potential to serve the Lord somewhere, somehow. But sadly, many will never discover this potential. This very day, I believe God is waiting for you to turn to him and he will unlock the potential in your life. The third thing is God sees obstacles. You know, when you try to do something new, how many of you know you run into obstacles? It gets really hard at times. God sees the same obstacles but he sees them differently. See, he's the Lord of all. So no obstacle is a barrier to him. You know, everything is under his control. We see giants, he sees giant opportunities. We see rocks and stones, he sees stepping stones to greatness. We all face obstacles in life, but if we align how we see with what God sees, suddenly we realize, as in 1 John 5, Everyone who's born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. If we align our eyes with his eyes, we will see things differently. It's not going to be the same. We're going to see this incredible uh, potential, and the obstacles will be uh, just, just tiny blips. See, God saw no obstacles in Gideon defeating the Midianites. There were thousands and thousands and thousands of men in that army, and Gideon was full of doubt, he was laying out fleeces, but God still persisted with him. Then he whittled his forces, you remember, down from 32,000 to 10,000 to 300. With 300 men, Gideon was supposed to rout an entire army, and he did. Why? Because God was fighting for him. Not him, God was fighting. The fourth thing is God sees the future. Gideon had doubts and fears. His faith struggled, his stamina was weak, but God saw a glorious future for him. And he does for you too. God works all things for good. There's a great verse in Ephesians 2. It says this, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared in advance for those that we should walk in them. 
So if you want to become someone great, trust God and let him orchestrate everything in your favor because he can do it. He is out there preparing opportunities for you now if you would only step up and take them. He is out there preparing a future for you right now if you would only follow him. So let me ask the question, with all this potential, why doesn't God use most people? What makes the difference? Well, in the end, it all comes down to choice. Our choice, not his. He chooses to bless us, but it comes down to our choice. We can ask for forgiveness and get right with God or not. Our choice. We can seek him with all of our heart or live selfishly for ourselves. That's our choice. The biggest thing standing between you and the greatness God has for you is you. That's the biggest thing. Destiny is not something that happens randomly to you. Destiny is a series of decisions. Your decisions determine your destiny. And every decision has consequences. Bad decisions take you off the path and lead you into the wilderness and mess up your life. Good decisions put you back on God's path. So rather than playing the blame game, instead of trying to, to, to blame somebody else for the state your life is in, or, or instead of trying to be a better person, everybody's trying to, oh, I want to be a better person. Instead of doing that, why don't you just take your eyes off your circumstances and put them back on Jesus? Our society is so self-absorbed. Have you noticed that? This is typical. Self, self-absorbed. We, I mean, think, we're the generation of the selfie, aren't we? iPhone, iPad, I matter most. Never before have so many photos been taken of so many doing so little. <laughs> I mean, Fiona and I were in an in a airport lounge one time. There was a lovely-looking uh, Chinese lady there, and she must have taken 500 photos of herself. <laughs> well, uh, what? What do we do with all those photos? So many photos of people doing absolutely nothing. Think about it. We are a self-righteous, self-absorbed, self-promoting, selfish generation. Aptly described 2,000 years ago by Paul. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Timothy 3. In the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self. He could have put iPhone in there or selfie. Lovers of selfie. Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Paul says, avoid such people. How do you avoid them? They're everywhere. That's our whole society, summed up in, in a couple of verses. Why doesn't God use us? Is it because we lack talent or motivation or money or good looks? Some of us? No. It's because we lack obedience. It's, it, you see, we would rather spend time with Facebook or TV than spend time with God. We would rather be popular than righteous and holy. We would rather follow our own desires in life rather than conform to God's desires for us. But the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I don't have to make my path straight. He will make my path straight if I am obedient to him. When we value our own opinion, now this is a Facebook statement, when we value our own opinion over God's wisdom, he will not use us in the way he wants to. Obedience is key. We cannot compromise God's principles and expect him to bless us. We cannot compromise God's principles and expect him to bless us. We have to remain true to his word.
But it is time, I believe, right now, for us to step into our destiny. In fact, this, I believe, right now is a pivotal moment in the history of the world when God is calling us to stand up and be counted. Do you believe that? We've never seen what we've seen over the last few years in history. Yet here we are. This is our moment. We face unprecedented situations, fear like we've never seen before, moral compromise on a scale that puts Sodom and Gomorrah to shame. People are more desperate than ever before, and hence I believe they're more open to God than at any time in history. What an incredible moment. As was said in the book of Esther, who knows whether you've not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. What a moment in world history that we live in. I think, the, I think future generations will look back and say, where were you when that happened? And we'll be able to detail them the way God has used us. See, God has a destiny for you, but where do you start? What do you do to find your destiny in God? It starts with a yes. JFK famously said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And maybe it's time we change the Christian narrative, the consumer narrative, because most Christians are consumers. We just go out there, find the, the best message we can. On YouTube, we find it, you know, we do, it's all about bless me, bless me, bless me. I think it's time we stood up and said, why don't, why don't we bless God by being obedient? Maybe we can say, ask not what God's kingdom can do for you, but what you can do for God's kingdom. And it all starts with a yes. Now, Optus may not be very good at retaining your data, but they have a really great ad. It all starts with a yes. If you want your life to amount to something significant, it starts with a yes. If you want to serve Jesus and start doing things that will last into eternity, it starts with a yes, Lord. Moses put it this way. He had the people moving into the, the promised land, got them on these two mountains, and he said, that, he said, I call heaven and earth as witness against you today that I've set before you life and death blessings and cursings and the people go hmm i wonder which one i should choose you know so in case you couldn't figure it out he says now choose life that both you and your descendants may live we have to choose life we have to make the right choice because we and our descendants depends on it to make a difference in this life we don't need more money more fame, more drugs. You don't need knowledge or more things or moronic behavior. What you need is more God. You don't need a positive mindset. You need a Christ mindset. One that puts him at the front of things and it all starts with a yes. So as I wrap this up, let me, let me give you two steps to your destiny. Let's make it real simple. Number one, say yes to Jesus. Here's a simple, this is simple stuff. Say yes to Jesus. The first step in finding your destiny is asking the Lord into your life as your Lord and Saviour. If you don't do that, he can't, he can't work in your life. He won't work in your life. It, you've just got to yield to him and say yes. He laid, as, as, as Leanne said before, he laid his life down for you on a cross. It's time we said yes, Lord, yes, yes. You will never know true fulfilment in your life until you let him in and allow his forgiveness to transform your life. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Anybody here heavy? Anybody here carrying a, lab, a, a load today that's weighing you down, maybe has been for, for years? Jesus says, come, I'll set you free. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. 
He loves you so much. He has a plan and a destiny for your life, no matter what you've been or who you've been in the past. The old can pass away right now. It can be gone immediately, and the new, incredible, amazing future can open up for you right now. So if you've never asked Jesus into your life, I cannot let this moment go by without giving you the opportunity. He laid his life down for you. You know you're carrying a burden of sin in your life. None of us look back at our life and say, boy, I've been such a great person. Boy, I've been, you know, perfect. Nobody's perfect, the Bible says. We've all sinned. You've sinned, I've sinned, we've all sinned. But God can lift that burden if we come to him this morning. So before we go any further, I want you to say this prayer with me. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, this is your moment. I guarantee you this is the greatest thing you can do in your life. This will change your life for good forever. This will be a, an eternity moment that will last beyond this life into eternity if you ask Jesus into your life. So let's just bow our heads together for a moment, everybody. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, this is your moment. It's time to say yes. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I want you to pray this with me. And mean it from your heart because if you do this, I guarantee you, your life will never be the same. Say these words with me. Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. But right now, I turn away from my sin. I ask you to forgive me. And I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and lead me in the way everlasting that I might serve you with all of my heart in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, just very quickly, shoot your hand up wherever you are and put it down. There might be a few here. If you prayed that, is there any else? We're going to move on in a moment. Okay, good. Amen. The second way to do it is to be obedient. See, obedience is not just a word. It's a way of life. If you say yes to being obedient to God, I promise you, He will open opportunities to greatness you never believed even existed. We heard about one opportunity Fiona shared with Lily House here. There are thousands of ways you can impact this world for, for Christ thousands even right here at, at church service on the streets in schools with initiatives for the homeless you can serve the lord in hundreds of ways around here but i encourage you how does it start it starts with you saying yes just saying yes lord can you make a difference in eternity i believe you can if you are serious about obedience to the lord and in this church we choose to do it together we want to stand with you and be with you and care for you as the as uh, hebrews 10 says Consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. So we want to stir you up today. But I, I have to tell you, I believe it's time right now to pick up a starfish, don't you? Some of you here may have never done something else for someone else, but I, I reckon it's time to pick up a starfish. It's time to hurl that starfish back and then go and get another one. Right now we have a unique opportunity in history and each of us can start with a yes and picking up a starfish. Australia needs to see the goodness of God, needs to hear the gospel of Jesus, and I believe this is our moment. And I want to challenge you to join us. This is for everybody in this church. I want to challenge you. Will you step up? When Gideon was asked, when he was this little scared guy was, was told he was a mighty man of valor, he decided to follow God, even though he was scared. 
He decided to follow God no matter what. Isaiah, when Isaiah was called, in Isaiah 6, 8, he says, uh, the Lord says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me, pick me. You see, these guys were serious about being obedient because they wanted to make a difference. So whoever you are, whatever your talents, whatever your background, you can make a difference this morning if you say yes. If you feel weak, overlooked, useless or flat, then you're in a perfect position for God to use you in profound eternal ways. You see, saying yes to the Lord means being obedient, following him, letting him show you how to make a difference. It's not your ability, it's your availability. So let me ask you, who wants to say yes to the Lord right now? My hand's up. Do you want him to use you? I believe he can. Let's pray together. Lord, hear the cry of our hearts. We want to be used of you. We want to make a difference in this world. We want, Lord, for this world to be a different place for us passing through. And it requires us saying yes to you. Yes, Lord. Yes. And it requires, requires us being obedient. Yes is just a word. Obedience is a life. But I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to ask each of you, if the Lord is speaking to your heart this morning, to say yes to him. To say yes. To just give it all to him and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Because I want to make a difference. So if God's speaking to you this morning, I believe he's speaking to many of us. Maybe you don't normally come to church here. That's okay. God can still speak to you. He still loves you. He still wants to use you in a profound way. There is nothing like being used to change someone's life, being used by God to, to impact someone's life. I believe he's going to raise people up right here, right now. So if that is you, pray this prayer with me. Let's together say yes to God. Say, Lord Jesus. I totally surrender my life to you. I give you everything, Lord. Everything I have. Everything I want. All of my dreams. I lay them at your feet. And say, have your way, Lord. Lord, you've heard your people pray this prayer. If you prayed that prayer and you mean it with all your heart, why don't you stand wherever you are? Just as an act of obedience, there'll be a lot of you stand and say, yeah, I want to make a difference in this world. Lord, you hear the cry of our hearts. We want to make a difference.